Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Good morning. Yeah, uh, my name is Burhane Asmalash and I'm from Eritrea, currently living in London. Uh, Eritrea is, as you see in the map, um, located in the northeast Africa. We are surrounded by Sudan, Ethiopia, Djibouti, Zoretsi, and across Zoretsi, Saudi Arabia, and Yemen. Eritrea got its independence in 1993. Uh, and since then, we never had an election. So we have only one president, no parties, uh, even we have no constitution. Um, in 2001, some ministers asked for reform and the government uh, arrest all the ones who ask for reform. So government ministers, army generals, journalists were arrested. Uh, so now 16 years, still in prison. Uh, some of them passed away due to hardship. And in 2001, the, uh, two, the government ordered all evangelical church to be closed. So apart from the Lutherans, uh, the Orthodox, the Catholics, and Muslims, uh, no other Christians were allowed to worship or to gather for worship. Um, then soon they started to arrest church leaders, um, singers, church members. Uh, but even those who were registered were not spared. The Orthodox Patriarch opposed the government's actions and the president put him in under house arrest. Uh, so it was in 2005, until now he's in the same place. The Patriarch now is, I think, 92. Um, he's in poor health. A uh, lot of Lutherans were arrested and some from Catholic also were arrested. Um, so that's the government's action. Uh, in response to that, uh, as a member of uh, the Eritrean church community, uh, together with another, another lady, we started Release Eritrea. So Release Eritrea was founded by two Eritrean Christians in the UK. That was in 2003. Um, now it's a registered charity governed by its trustees. Uh, and we are involved in several ministries, prayers for prisoners and their families, training and discipleship, supporting refugees, campaigning for freedom of worship and the release of Christian prisoners, providing financial support for prisoners and their families. Uh, release Eritrea work in close relations with uh, Release uh, International. Uh, calling is uh, among us, so we work very closely, especially we the, the training and discipleship part, we do it together, and also all the financial um, uh, pro uh, um, support. Also, we get a lot from uh, Release International. Um, one of the of our works is, um, uh, as I said, supporting prisoners. Currently, we are supporting over 400 prisoners of faith in Eritrea. 
there was a time that we had more than 3,000. So the number always fluctuates. Um, some of this, most of these prisoners have been in prison uh, for over 10 years. Uh, we have some senior um, pastors who were arrested in 2004 and are still in prison. And their visitors are not allowed, so they never had a chance to see their uh, family members. Um, usually when the government arrests, sometimes Christians are arrested from under, um, underground uh, house meeting. Uh, sometimes they are collected from their offices, from their houses, sometimes from a wedding venue. So usually they ask them to renounce their faith, so they give them a piece of paper to sign. Those who signed are released, those who refused stay. So most of these 400 would be those who refused to, to sign. So that's why they are still in prison. Uh, again and again, they always ask them to, to do the same, but they refused. Um, prisons are different uh, places. There could be police stations, military barracks, underground cells, four meters underground, shipping containers, uh, and there are d desert camps with hard labor. And I, I was uh, hearing a testimony from an ex-prisoner who was in the underground cell. He told me that it was hand dug, so it was not properly made. It's not like a basement. It was in the middle of the field, so just they uh, dug like a pit, and they put a roof on it, and they made like a ladder, so they let them down. And he stayed in that prison for six months. And he said they were allowed only early morning to go to the toilet and sometimes to eat. Otherwise, 24 hours were in this dark and very humid places. And he said there were four people and all of them were sick. And they, had, they were not able to see because 24 hours they were kept in darkness um, and also of poor hygiene. All of them start to have like a bloody diarrhea. Um, so it was a harsh place. The other harsh place is shipping containers. It's too hot during the day and too cold in the morning, I mean in the night. Uh, one lady was telling me from her testimony even they were not able to lit a candle because there was not enough oxygen for that. So a lot of them, they collapsed. So that's also a hard place. Uh, the desert prison, especially there was one place called Meator. It is very hot. Um, it's on the Red Sea coast. So it's very one of the hottest places uh, in the world. And recently, uh, it was, I think, two weeks ago, they shut that prison, so they moved them to Asmara because uh, some prisoners start to die because of heat exhaustion. Uh, two weeks ago, one lady died. They transformed her to the, the, to the nearby place. She was arrested in May along with her son. Um, her husband is a member of uh, Lutheran Church. Uh, she's a teacher in a mission, in the Swiss mission, it's more of a Lutheran. And 
she was sent there, she had hypertension, she couldn't uh, tolerate the heat, she was sick, she was brought to asthma and she passed away. So uh, all prison condition is uh, uh, like this. Uh, in spite of this, uh, Christians prefer to stay there than betraying their Lord. So they wanted to be truthful to their God. Uh, I have one, uh, yeah, prisons are just, the summaries. they are subject to starvation, torture, heat exposure, neglect. They are not, uh, they don't get treated. Poor hygiene, usually in the hot place, they will never allow them to, uh, to take shower, so they suffer from sick infection. Um, and also there is some extra judicial execution. Um, this guy is Musi, um, uh, especially just I want to pick this morning about this person. Uh, it was in 2010, he was living in Saudi Arabia and he started to preach. He, he went to Injada to the, to the mosque. So he was telling to the uh, Muslim worshippers, salvation is only through Christ. And he was inviting them to accept Jesus Christ. He was arrested. Initially, they thought he was crazy. So they um, sent him to a psychiatry doctor, but the doctor said he was sane, so he was sentenced to death. And one of his friends contacted us and we managed to talk to him. And he said he's ready to die, so don't worry about me. That's what he, he said to us. Um, but in spite of that, we started to campaign. We wrote letters to, to the embassy, and to all our partners uh, to uh, put pressure on the Saudi government. But he told us he's ready and he's happy. And at the court, he started to witness to the judge, uh, to the lawyers, to everybody uh, about Jesus. Finally, they decided to deport him to Eritrea. We told him that he should not go to Eritrea, but he refused. And he was sent to Eritrea. At the airport, he was caught by the government and sent him to this desert prison. Uh, until now, he's in prison. So now it's almost seven years, I think. Yeah. But they told us, recently one lady visited the, that prison and she told me, uh, everybody, he's very helpful. He, and in the labor camp, he works for the weak, for the sick. And they called him like, they called him like 10 person or t 10 fold because he works for 10 people. He, so he's the happiest person, although is in that awful position. Yeah, so this is a summary of, of him. This is the uh, labor camp. Uh, so this, uh, two, last week, this uh, the camp was shut because uh, some people start to die. Uh, so now, now they are moved to uh, Asmara. Uh, there is another problem with Eritreans. We have refugees. It's estimated about 5,000 people leaving the country. And the main reason for living is there is indefinite military service. It could be 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. They will never leave you. It's a form of slavery. So you don't get paid. Just you work for free for the government. Uh, military service could be work, working in the field, in the farm for the government, in the mining, in the factories, in offices, doctors, nurses. So all of them, they don't get paid. Um, and there are some for economic reasons, because there is no paid job. People want to make life. And also Christians also 
um, flee persecution. Uh, so that's what we do as also release Eritrea, we support refugees. This is in Egypt. We, had, uh, we have some uh, evangelists who work for us, and this is inside the prison. It's like a detention center. Egyptians usually arrest Christians, uh, so they don't treat equally to the Muslims and the Christian refugees. So the most Christians are subjected to, um, to abuse. So th that's why we started this ministry. This uh, during the worship session inside the prison. Uh, this is one of our workers standing behind. He is supported by some Egyptian uh, workers. We can see them at the corner. Um, so this is, um, we have also a safe house in, in Egypt. Um, recently we closed this uh, safe house because of fund, but some people are shot uh, by the um, Egyptian security, so we keep them in our safe house. And those who are uh, released from prison also were kept in the safe house. Um, we have seen a lot of um, good things with, from this safe house. Just I'll give you one example. There were about 18 people in prison, so we hired a lawyer to, because they were unjustly imprisoned. Not all of them were Christians. Actually, three of them were Muslims. So because they were in a group, we started to, to campaign for 18 of them. And the 18 of them were released. After they are released, we send them to our safe house. So our evangelists start to evangelize to the three Muslims, and they were converted. And they, because one of them was Somali, uh, they never thought Christians could fight for him. So we see a lot of fruit. Um, so, so we also treat people like him. We pay hospital fees uh, uh, in the, for, for the hospitals. Uh, we also do uh, sometimes visit refugee camps. We usually do this with Colin. Uh, with, um, uh, this was um, one of my trips. Uh, this was a small church that was started when the camp was open, but after a few years, the Christian community started to grow, so we had more people. So why do Christians suffer? Um, uh, this scripture comes to me. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is the church. So, uh, Christ's suffering is complete. I mean, we cannot add anything to our salvation. It was, it was over at the cross. But there is something left for us to share in Christ's suffering. So Paul again and again was mentioned about that. He was rejoicing in joining to Christian suffering. So sometimes we think as Christians we can avoid suffering. A lot of people follow Jesus because they think they can get only the blessings, the healing, uh, and financial blessing, but not, not that all. We also participate in the suffering. And Paul is saying, just I have to fill the gap. With, through our suffering, we fill the gap. If we don't fill that gap, Christ's suffering remains isolated. So in order to, be, uh, to, to give meaning to, 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 the, to, to, to all the creation, uh, we need to be involved in that ministry. So this is unavoidable. So while all these people are suffering, I don't consider them as punishment. 
but they are fulfilling uh, what was left for us to fulfill. And, and our response could be, um, the Hebrew writer says, continue to remember those in prison as if you are together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. So this is not their problem. It is our problem. Sometimes when we live in our safety of house and we are, we are free to worship and nobody will ask us about our faith, so we tend to forget. But we are one body. We are the body of Christ. Paul says when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. Whenever I hear Christians have been beaten, Christians are being tortured, they are, uh, someone passed away in the prison camps, I always suffer with them. Uh, so that's, um, it's not a choice. It's just how, that's how we are made. We are called to be part in the body of Christ. We don't choose, choose to feel pain when our hand you know, suffers or when we have a toothache. We cannot forget that. Just we suffer because it's part of that. It's the same with the church. And finally, please pray for freedom of worship, for prisoners' health, faith, and eventually release, for prisoners' families and financial provision. Please pray for the church to remain faithful in its mission. So this is the greatest challenge when there is always persecution. Many people keep silent. They don't want to share their faith. They went into hiding. But some people are bold to share their faith. That's why we have now more Christians than 15 years ago. Many people get converted inside the prison because many people are praying for the prisoners. And many prisoners, prisoners are not kept silent. They are still witnessing in spite of the hardship. So please continue to pray for them. Please pray for the refugees. And also, eventually, we need a change. Please pray for the government for freedom of worship. Thank you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.